0: Daily with Jason Martitas. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for Saturday, November 12th, as the Flyers have a busy weekend of hockey ahead and what is sure to be a very intriguing weekend of hockey ahead as Claude Giroux makes his first return to Philadelphia as a member of the opposition. Of course, Giroux played a thousand games as a Philadelphia Flyer. He finished his career as a flyer. With 900 points in 1,000 games. Here's his numbers in total as a member of the Flyers. 1,000 games, 291 goals, 609 assists, 900 points on the button, a plus 27, 412 PIMS. And he also had uh, 200 even strength goals, 84 power play goals, 7 shorthanded goals, and some really great years here in Philadelphia, all the way from back in 07, 08, where he played two games that season and made his NHL debut all the way through last season, right up to the NHL trade deadline. Last year, he played 57 games as a flyer with 42 points in his best year as a flyer. You know, it's crazy when you look at his best year as a flyer because he had points trending down three straight years before his best year. And you remember, he had the 86 points back in the 13-14 season in 82 games. So that's a year after the lockout. 86 points in 82 games. Next year in 14, 15, and 81 games, he had 25 goals, 48 assists, and 73 points. Then the next year, 78 games played, he had 22 goals, 45 assists, and 67 points. So he dropped from 86, dropped 13 points to 73. Dropped another 16 points, or excuse me, 6 points to 67. And then the 16-17 season, remember he had that double core surgery in the offseason after 16-17. Or after, remember he had that double core surgery after the 15-16 season and in 82 games the next season. 14 goals, 44 assists, 58 points, and was a minus 15. So we saw that year That his mobility was certainly restricted with that double core surgery. And also that he had a hard time opening up his core uh, for setting up plays and shooting the puck. But went into that next offseason after 16-17. Healthy was able to train and not rehab. And there was a lot of questions. Is Claude Giroux a player in decline? Because at that time, he's 29 years old when he had the the, uh, 58-point season. Knocking on the door of 30. Is he cooked early? Did the wear and tear take its toll? Well, he comes back the next year in 82 games. Scores a career high, 34 goals, 68 assists, and eclipses the century mark in points. Has three on the final game of the season against New York Rangers. Ends with 102 points, a plus 28. 25 even strength goals that season. Nine power play goals. And a dynamic year. Followed that 102 up with an 85-point season in 82 games. Then the following year, in 69 games because of the pandemic, he ended with 53 points. But all said and done, 1,000 games, 900 points for Claude Giroux as a Flyer. Since then, he's got 10 goals and 25 assists, playing for both Florida and Ottawa. Of course, he scored against the Flyers a week ago today as well. So it's the Flyers and the Sens coming up today at Wells Fargo Center. Senators right now riding a seven-game losing skid. They've lost to Minnesota, Florida, Tampa, Vegas, the Flyers last Saturday. Vancouver, 6-4, to four, and then their last game on Thursday, they lost in overtime in New Jersey against the Devils 4-3. to three. So they're looking to snap that skid. One o'clock puck drop at Wells Fargo today. Flyers coming off that 5-2 loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Flyers will be back in action tomorrow tomorrow to take on the Dallas Stars so in yesterday's episode um, I mentioned a tweet that I got from a guy named David and David said is this the real Flyers team regarding the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets where they had three pretty egregious turnovers which led to goals as I termed them in the podcast very consequential mistakes and I decided to ask the audience in that episode a question you know what you know is this the real Flyers? Has anything changed for you? Is your expectation changed? Like I said, my expectations haven't changed from before the puck was even dropped on the season to this moment. And that includes the hot start, the good record, the 5-1 win over St. Louis, the 2-1 win over Ottawa, the win that they got over the Florida Panthers on the road, all of these things considered. I haven't changed any expectations. I still think the sample size is way too small to start going and changing expectations. But David said, is this the real Flyers team? And I thought there was a lot of really good things in that Columbus game, in the 5-2 loss. And I know that seems counterintuitive when they lost 5-2. It was really a 3-2 game. There was two empty net goals. Flyers battled back. I thought they did a lot of good things in the game, but they they made four consequential mistakes. They paid for three of them. And so I wanted to ask people's thoughts on it and where they were. And I got a ton of responses. I got a bunch of tweets. I got a bunch of DMs. I got a bunch of emails. I want to go through two in this episode, and we're going to kind of parcel out the other ones over the next couple of episodes. Because I want to give each one kind of their due response. And the first one we start with is Dr. Electrica. First of all, I don't know where he came up with that handle, but it's pretty good. He DM'd me. He said, hey, Jason, greetings from snowy Montana. From 2,324 miles away. Wow. hope oh, you're enjoying Montana. He said, I'll tell you who I think this team really is to answer David's question from this morning, from the other podcast. He said, it's been a very long time since I could muster the notion of finding positives after a Flyers loss. But the loss last night against Columbus, that came back like a bite, a lightning bolt. He said, you mentioned, quote, consequential mistakes. Being that it's very early in the season, aren't those the kind of little mistakes that Torts was brought here for meaning the real Flyers can capitalize on a loss like this and Torts can identify, teach, and fix? He said, from far away, I'm seeing this system develop and it's finally fun to watch the team again, and this is without, arguably, their two best players. After a bleak and uneventful offseason where most fans were expecting a splash, it seems like it's a cool and trending to think to hate on and expect nothing from this team. I agree with you. I think a lot of people were. That became the trendy thing. This team stinks. They have no talent. Um, he said, but he has Konechny, Proveroff, Hayes, and Sanheim looking like the talent we have seen, and the young players, Kate Stippen and Allison, buying into a north-south game. We haven't had a good loss in a long time. In my humble beer league opinion, nice, It's uh, if that was who this team is, I'll take that loss. Thanks, and more Metallica, please. Uh, it's great point. I think you make some really good points. You know, it did become trendy this offseason because there was a lot of disappointment because the term aggressive retool was mentioned, and we all had our opinions on what aggressive retool meant, and we thought that was going to be, and blah, 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 and Johnny Gaudreau was out there. DeBrinket was available to be traded for, and other moves to be made, whether that was trading away the contract of... James Van Riemsdyk, or whatever it may have been. And then you get to couple that with the Sean Couturier injury news and the Cam Atkinson, and you think, wow, this team stinks, there's no talent, they're one of the worst teams in the NHL. But I I think while my opinion on the season and expectations has not changed, and this is something Bill and I talked about before the season started, this notion that there's no talent here was total and complete BS. Travis Konechny is a very talented hockey player. I think we're seeing that. We've seen it before. Yeah, it's been a lackluster couple of years, not as good as he was in 1920 when he was an all-star, but he was an all-star, and he's not washed up and over the hill. Yeah, Provorov did not have the greatest two years in the world. We've lumped the team failure to individual players, and while the individual players have a piece of the team failure, it doesn't mean that they can't play. So while they do need more high-end talent, they do need more game-breaking talent, there is some talent here. And I've liked what I've seen out of Tippett. I've liked what I've seen out of Cates. I'd like to see more points out of Cates, but I think he's being asked to do a lot right now. And I think the loss of guys like Atkinson and like Couturier affect a guy like Noah Cates because of the assignments that he tends to get into a game. But I like Tippett. I like Allison. I like their north-south play. Have they been perfect? No. I mean, Tippett had a horrible turnover against the Columbus Blue Jackets, throwing a backhand pass in the middle of the ice, and it went down the other way and ended up in the back of the net. Can't do that. He's not going to be perfect, but I think there's a lot of upside to him. Now, is it star upside? I don't think so. I think it's a good player upside, a guy that can put the puck in the net, a guy can certainly skate, and a guy that I think is a good player. But he's not you know, a player that's going to jump over the boards and really scare the living bejesus out of the opposition. They need some of that. But there is some talent here. And, yeah, I do agree, too, Dr. Electrica, that Torts is here to fix those kind of things, to, you know, teach. These guys all know they got to protect the puck better. They know not to do that, but it happens in the game. And we're going to see Torts, you know, there's a penal system when you make mistakes like that that are costly. Uh, let's get to one more. And this one comes from Steve Kelly. And Steve says, hey, Jason, following up to your question on the most recent Flyers Daily, one win or loss at this point is not going to change my outlook on this year's team. He said, I think the sample size is still too small. I agree with you. He said, one point that I wanted to make is about the turnovers at the blue lines that I was talking about in yesterday's episode. He said, when I played for the Flyers Quebec team, our coach Pat Farrell called it the gray zone 10 feet on either side of the blue lines. He said, we kept track of turnovers for and against, and most time the team with the fewer number of turnovers in the gray zone won the game. He says, I wish this was a stat that was kept track of in the NHL. Well, I can tell you that is a a stat that a lot of teams, not public, but a lot of teams keep on their own. And I know Pat Farrell as well. And uh, he coached me when I was a young kid, um, And I know Pat very well, and he's a great hockey mind. And I've never heard the gray zone, so I'm going to steal it. So thank you for that, Steve. But yeah, that is such a consequential. That 10 feet around the blue lines is so consequential that if you don't have a play and you force a play there, you just give the other team such a prime opportunity. And I see Steve, you know, he's a goalie as well, played at Towson, uh, won an ECHA um, national championship. So you know as a goalie, too, when those mistakes happen in that area, it's either an odd-man rush attempt against if it happens inside the offensive blue line, but if it happens inside your blue line, that play is transitioned back on top of you as a goalie like that, and you have no structure in front of you. So I love what Pat Farrell called that, the gray zone, 10 feet on either side of the blue lines, and turnovers, and that is such an area— of importance, and an area to bear down. Awesome, awesome note from you, Steve. Thank you so much. I will credit Pat, and I will steal the gray zone. I got a ton of more of these to get to. I'm going to get to those in coming up episodes. So if you're one of the people that emailed me at jason.martitis at gmail.com, I will be responding either to you via email or talking about them in this podcast coming up, or if you're one of the people that DM me or tweeted me, I save all of them. I read all of them. And I, I love everybody's feedback. And we'll go through them. But again, I don't want to go, I don't want to short any of them. I want to go through them properly because you guys spend the time to send me these very detailed notes and great correspondence so i want to give them all their due diligence and not rush through them so we'll get to a couple more in tomorrows and monday and coming up throughout this week but great stuff uh from steve kelly and from dr electrica on this episode dr electrica hanging out in montana so thanks to you guys steve and dr electrica thanks to you guys everybody that listened everybody else that tweeted sent messages and the whole thing Flyers and the Sens today. We'll break it down tomorrow. We'll also preview Flyers and Stars. Return to Claude Giroux today, 1 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center. Should be a pretty uh, electric environment down there as well. So everybody, enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your hockey today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Day.